Christy Albright told me we'd have to stand up and exercise so we wouldn't fall asleep after the big meal. So I think John's going to lead us in jumping jacks. Like, right? You good? Well, let's turn to Luke 15, and uh, we'll talk tonight about one of my favorite parables. At the beginning of Luke, I introduced Sunday night this idea of the tax collectors and sinners who had gathered around Jesus. They were drawing near him. I'm sure Jesus intrigued them, and they grumbled. Uh, They didn't like necessarily um, what Jesus was doing because he was... Uh, spending time with sinners, and he's eating with them. He's associating with people that maybe didn't meet their standards. So he told three back-to-back parables, the parable of the of the lost sheep, and then he went right into the parable of the lost coin. We know that there's rejoicing when The sheep was found. There was rejoicing when the lost coin was found. They actually had a little party. Come and rejoice with me. I found the coin. And and we're told in both cases that angels in heaven rejoice when a sinner repents. Then he kind of told the last one, the big one, the prodigal son. And it's a parable we're all familiar with. What I'm going to do tonight, uh, Howard was kind enough to let me use a DVD. Perhaps you've seen this before. Uh, It's a modern-day application of the prodigal son. Uh, I want to introduce quickly, and then we'll, we'll play the, uh, the DVD, and I wanted to thank Samuel for setting this up. It begins with the older brother talking, right? This is, a, this is an organization uh, where they manage health care companies, and there's two brothers and the father who own this corporation, this company, quite successful, and, uh, and so it begins with the older brother talking about the younger brother. And you'll very quickly make uh, the connection, the association of how this parallels to the prodigal son. I think they've done a really good job. Uh, as the video progresses, you're going to see how the older brother is really struggling with the behavior of the younger brother, especially in this business setting. So pay attention. It lasts about 21 minutes. At the conclusion of this, we'll have some discussion about the actual parable of the prodigal son. And uh, I think you'll appreciate the love of the father and the struggle between these two brothers. Now, by the way, the, the, the name of the, of, the, of the parable, according to the DVD, is not the prodigal son. It's the prodigal son's plural. So think about that. Both of them are prodigal sons. All right, we're going to start it and I'll cut the lights off. Thank you very much. All that hard work. Yeah, well, great job. Thank you. It's inspiration. Very, thanks. It's very nice of you to say that. Thank you. Hey, Lisa. So fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks so much. Hey, Paul. 
great. Good to meet you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you. Hey. Hey. Thank you very much. Mr. Hawthorne, I have to talk to you. Um, your brother came home today, and your dad's throwing this party to welcome him back. He's going to ruin the company. I closed a $15 million deal today, and he's going to flush it down the toilet. <sighs> Don't misunderstand me. I love my father. He's a great man. He, he built this company into what it is today. But he... He could ruin everything he... Everything we have created by doing this. It just, it, it sends the wrong message. When Jake pulled his ownership out of the company, it was, it was a, f a fiscal nightmare. You know, we, we had to slash salaries, we had to liquidate assets. Eighty-nine families depend on us for their salaries every single month. Mortgages went unpaid. You know, uh, uh, credit cards were maxed out. We lost, we lost some of our best people. And Jake's view on all this? It's our money anyway. Nobody's going to starve. People don't starve anymore. Jake, grow up. Stop acting like a fool. A lazy fool. Don't forget the lazy part. No one is going to agree to this, Jake. The board will the never board agree to... The board is in Dad's to... pocket. You know they're a bunch of yes-men. There's no way Dad's going to agree to it either. He'll do it. I've already talked to him about it. Yeah, he wasn't too excited about it. For a minute, I thought he might explode. But he calmed down, and he asked if it was what I really wanted. Do you have any idea what this is going to do to the company? You don't care. You make me sick. Rich! I make you rich. Come on, you're throwing me softballs here, Andy. Anyway, if he's going to do it, he has to split everything between the two of us. Oh, you didn't know that, did you? See, that changes things a little bit. See, now that's uh, a million for you, a million for me, a million for you, a million for me. It's not about the money, Jake. No, it isn't, is it? Never has been for you. But it is about ownership, am I right? Control? See, now this way, we both get what we want. Freedom for me... Ownership for you. 
and we get it while we're young enough to enjoy it. You know, old and rich, that's a tragedy. All right. But this is your choice, Jake. It's not mine. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Of course not. Not a thing. You just sit back and do nothing, and it'll all be yours. He thought I was going along with it, but uh, to be honest, and I know, I know this sounds harsh, he was a cancer, needed to be cut out. So, now he's giving it all back to him. Incredible. After Jake left, my father used to come in here and just sit. You know. Jake played him like a poker hand, and my father just... Well, he always had a soft spot for Jake. But this time, he went too far, and the board knew it. This is corporate suicide. It's not suicide. And it's voluntary amputation. And, and we'll bleed to Jake death. Jake will be here any minute. Call it what you will, but it won't sink the company. Painful, yes. Painful? This is going to be financial agony for months. Financial insanity. It could sink the company. To imagine giving such a, 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 slacker. a, a, a self-serving upstart this much money. Just not right. Gentlemen! I understand where you are. I appreciate where you are, but I've made up my mind. You realize what Jake is saying here, don't you? He's saying it loud and clear. Gentlemen, He's saying he wants you dead. Yes. That's right. By asking for his inheritance now, he's saying he wants... That's enough, boy! Andrew... Surely you have more to add to all this. We've been sitting here for hours. What did you say to him? We're better off without him. He doesn't want to be here, so I say we let him go. My father's right. We can survive the liquidation. The way this has been set up has you taking ownership of the rest of your father's stock. In name only. From a legal standpoint, it has to be done. But as I have stated, I want my father to retain full control of the company. Sit down, Jake. Gentlemen, let's get this over with. So, what happened to all that money? Let's see, if he had, he was gone for, that means he would have been spending $8,756,944 a year. $729,745 a month. 
$162,165 a week. $23,166 a day. $965 an hour. $16 a minute. And 26 cents a second. Every second, another 26 cents. And another. And another. And another. And another. But at some point, time ran out for him. Maybe then he realized that he tied a noose around his own neck. Well, <laughs> probably not. Finding a job would have been out of the question. Jake just doesn't work. He once told me his knees hurt if he sat behind a desk for too long. <laughs> you were a healthcare VP? You? No kidding. Figured I'd seen it all, but with this recession... Yep. So, uh, you have something? <laughs> Not really. Well, tell you what. You having so much experience with the stiffs in the executive suite, I think I might have something for you. With your skills... Probably a perfect fit. <laughs> no. I know Jake. The moment the last penny was gone, which was probably just a few days ago, he pulled out a credit card and hopped on a plane for home. It was time for greener pastures.
See those guys? My dad hires guys like that. There are many good ones. We just have to stop the bleeding. Yeah, you got a great point. So you've said, bro. They make all kinds of cash. Listen, I've been thinking, and I know what I've got to do. Well, you got it all figured out now, mm -hmm. do you? I go back, I tell him how stupid I've been. For losing and, his millions. Huh? And I ask him to make me a middle manager in, in one of the hospitals the company supervises. I'll have a job, and I'll be out from under Andy's thumb. Dude, if I lost all that money and came back wanting more, my father would take a two-by-four to me. Not more money, just a job. Anyway, my dad's not like that. Oh. He's a good guy. He must be dumber than you look. Because, bro, I'd give my right arm for a dad like that. Get to mopping, rich boy. the one he never felt a twinge of remorse not a twinge all he cared about was getting the money my money but he's in for a rude awakening the facts are quite simple i own the controlling shares of the company i have final say on what happens here what we should be spending our money on and what we most certainly should not Sure, my father's still in his position of authority. He thinks he's calling the shots. It's fine. He looks better that way. Just, uh, uh, just, uh, can I call you back? I'll just ride
dead. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. Uh, I want you to... Jake, what have you been? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I love you. It's all gone. It's, it's all, all gone. It's all right. I don't deserve to it's be. It's all right. It's done. All right. I don't deserve the job. Let's go inside. Mr. Hawthorne? I think you remember Karen. It's good to see you again, Mr. Hawthorne. Call Clary's and tell them we're having a party tonight here at the office. I want steaks. I want their best food. Spare no expense. Oh, Karen, isn't it wonderful to see him again? Yes, sir. And for how many people? The entire office. Oh, and call the board, too. Tell them I want them here with me to welcome Jake back. Yes, sir. And, and I'm thinking that Jake's old office is still available? Uh, the other Mr. Hawthorne is using part of it to store his files. Well, have the files put in storage and get the office cleaned up. Jake is going to be starting back on Monday. Make sure you let the staff know. Oh, and, and, and tell everybody they've got the rest of the day off. Yes, Tonight, sir. we're going to celebrate my son coming home. Such a waste of money. It's my responsibility to look after the best interest of this company. I find it absolutely inexcusable that my father continues to drain this company's bank accounts for him. Well, this is it. Time for some serious changes. I can't. Let him ruin this company. Mr. Hawthorne, please join us in welcoming back your brother. It would mean so much to your father. Please relay to my father that it won't be possible for me to do that. You tell him that I have work to finish. But tell him. Andrew! I know what you're thinking, but uh, please. You know what I'm thinking? You have no idea what I'm thinking. Just come in and say hello to your brother. It would mean it so would mean, much. It would mean that I approve of this idiocy. He spent it all, hasn't he? Andrew? Has he? I know he has. I know he has. He wouldn't be back if he hadn't. He's your brother, Andrew. He's your son. He has just flushed away tens of millions of dollars of this company's hard-earned money on drugs and whores, and now you are spending how many thousands more on this? It makes me sick! My son, don't do this. I will do it. I will. Somebody has to take a stand for what's right. Do you have any idea how this looks? Andrew, listen to me. No. No, you listen to me. I am the one who has slaved away for you for almost two decades building this company into what it is. I secured a $15 million contract for this company today. You owe me. Andrew, when have you ever done anything like this for me? When? You, when? You've never done anything like... You've never even thrown a party for me and my friends. Andrew, you've always been here for me. And you know that everything I have is yours. Then where's my party? Where is my party, Father? Your own brother. Where is my party? You are rewarding the wrong person. He does not deserve this. He doesn't deserve this. And he's back with his safe and sound. Yeah, and broke. (laughs) Yeah, and broke. It was my money. Why do you care? Yeah, that was your money. This 
It's my money. It's my money, and I don't want it spent on... Celebrate your brother coming home. Andrew, look at yourself. Look at yourself. Your brother is home. If there was ever a reason to celebrate, this is it. My son, come into the party. Come in. Track out pretty uh, consistent. see the flaw in his character as well as obvious with his brother uh, but you know there was failings in both young men for yep. two different reasons yeah I, I like the way the the DVD starts out because the older brother says he's going to ruin this company yeah and and uh, I, I have to be honest the first time I watched this DVD probably two, three years ago. I really, my heart kind of went out to the older brother. You know, I've been in the corporate world. I kind of understand fiscal responsibility and, and uh, you know, you, you got to hold people accountable for performance. You don't just give them money for irresponsible behavior. The father did in this case. Then the, the scene cuts to... Uh, when Jake is standing there with his golf club, you remember Jake? He's the prodigal. How how would you describe Jake in this in this DVD when he's got his putter and he's talking to his brother? What do, what do you think? I see you shaking your head, Warren. Tell me about Jake. Yeah, grow up. So, what what was Jake interested in? Um, what was what was he looking for? Whatever, whatever felt good, and and he was telling his older brother, you know, you realize that if I leave, if I make this decision to leave, it's going to mean your dad, our dad, has to divide the company equally. That's a million for you, a million for me, a million for. It's going to make you rich. Um. Okay, so somebody talk about the older brother. When, when you're contrasting the two, um, how, how would you describe the older brother? Okay, Sean? He did everything right to the book. You know, he, 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 did, uh, he worked hard, and then his... Better comes along, he's he squandered all his money, 
that he worked for. And, Responsible, uh, hardworking. Yeah, yeah. He he. You know, at the at the very beginning of this of this DVD, people are congratulating him, shaking his hand. I think he just sealed. Didn't he say it was like a fifteen million dollar yeah, deal for the man. company? I mean, yeah. this guy is a hard worker, and I, you know, I pre, you know, I appreciate him. I, I'm just like, man, this guy's a go getter. He's he's accountable. He he feels responsible. Uh, he's he's working hard. And 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 he has to put up with this bozo brother, who's a playboy. Let's just be honest, right? That's all he cares about. Me he cares about me. I want money. I want Easy Street. I want a party. I want to have a good time. And uh, that's pretty much where his where his work ethic ended was how how can I get what I deserve, and go have fun, right? Would, would y'all agree? So very different personality types, right? Then, then the scene in the DVD cuts to the boardroom, and somebody talk about the boardroom. What's going on? How does the board feel about the younger brother, Jake? Yeah. He's, he's a user. He's irresponsible. How, how could you agree to do this? But yet, why did the father allow this? Do you think the father made a mistake? What? He made two mistakes? All right. So, if you're putting on your business hat, right, you're thinking, Dad, sorry, bad decision. Don't don't do this. And then the older brother, the responsible, hardworking, you know, older brother is explaining that when dad made this decision to split the company and give Jake, the playboy, right, half of the value of the corporation, what did it do to the company? You remember what he said? There were, there were people who depended on us and they, they were maxing out credit cards and, you know, they, it was hard. It almost caused the company to go under, right? And it hurt people when my dad made this decision. So part of us is like, dad, bad decision. Did anybody catch in the boardroom what they said about Jake in reference to his dad? Anybody remember what they said, Ron? Yeah, he, he wants you dead. You might as well be dead. All he does is he wants your money. So there was a direct parallel to the prodigal son. Yeah, Will? Hold on just a second. I'm sorry. Mike's, Wes is running. He's coming. He's coming. Thank you, Wes. Wes is getting a workout tonight. I was just going to say, uh, the son taking the inheritance, I'm not saying this is the right thing to do. It's morally incorrect. But legally, he's entitled to that, isn't he? Well... Um, and so the it, father it would, didn't really make a decision. He has to give his son the inheritance because legally that's what you got to do. I was reading a little backstory on this. And so if you were to go back to Middle Eastern culture, as Jesus told this parable, everybody that heard it could understand you got a really well-to-do estate owner, a large farmland, right? Mm-hmm. It's prospered and well done. A man has two sons. 
It would be highly unusual for either one of the sons to ask for his inheritance while the father is living. It's almost literally unheard of, Will. And secondly, for a son to come to a father and ask for that inheritance while he's living is the ultimate insult. Okay, everybody, ever, everybody understand that in Middle Eastern culture, if a son were to come and say, hey, Dad, I know I'm supposed to wait till you're dead, but I want all my money now. Most fathers will, if they heard that, would say, how dare you? How dare you have the gall to ask me for your inheritance while I'm still alive? You know, it would, it would just almost be unthinkable that a son would insult a father that way. But yet, Jesus tells the story where the younger brother asked for the inheritance. And what does the father do? He gives it to him. I guess my question is, like I said, it's, it's the wrong thing to do to ask for it. I just want to make that clear. It's not okay. But legally, yeah, yeah ab- it absolutely, was, it would be the it would be highly insulting. Yeah, in but, anybody's mind to ask your dad. I, I know you haven't died yet, Dad, but I want all my money now. I don't really care about you. I don't care about the farm. I don't care about my older brother. I just want to go party. Yeah, what I'm asking is, did the father have any... Uh, Fiscal responsibility. Did he have any legal recourse to this, either in this story or in the biblical story? Could the father refuse him legally? I'm sorry, I'm not an attorney, but we have an attorney (laughs) present. The way I've always read it is that the father doesn't really have a choice. He has to give the son the inheritance. Yeah. I can't answer that. I mean, honestly, I don't know, Will. Howard had his hand up. I'm going to defer to Howard. So, okay. Hang on. Tag team. Thank you. All right, Howard. Well, of course, in our culture, you you can draft a will and give your money to whoever you want to. You could give it to your cat. Uh, But if you don't draft a will, it is... And you have children, it's divided evenly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, right. that's the law. Right. But uh, what kind of struck me here, just because I, I think we focus on the, the prodigal son, and like you said, two prodigals, there's actually a double story here. They're a wonderful double story, because yes. Because the older son, he was happy that the younger son was getting his inheritance and leaving. Because that was leaving him in control, and he didn't have him around anymore. He basically so, said, we need so to do this and that. get him out, or he's like a cancer. And, and so when he came back, he was upset that the father was allowing him to come back. And then double upset that his father was having a big party and, and everything uh, uh, for him. But that's, you know, the father, I think, kind of represents God. And, yes. And... And we should have that attitude. We we have people around us that that sin and, and and things, but when they repent, we have to welcome them back. Amen. And and see what what is so bad. I mean, he was his brother, but he thought he was through with him. You know, he wanted to be through with him. He didn't want to have yeah. anything to do with it. Yeah. And the fact that his father accepted him back, but it was true repentance. It, it may yeah. not have emphasized that s- scene as much, but 
you know, in the biblical scene, he's coming afar, and the father just runs to meet him. Of course, he does in this too a little bit. You know, so happy to see the son who, yes. who's repented. And you could tell by his attitude of bending forward and stuff, he, yes. he was truly yes. repentant That's right. for what, what he had done. And, and he, he was did, broken, wasn't he? And, and kind of like this, I mean, he, he lost everything. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a nobody. Yeah. He, he had to eat in this little diner just to barely have a meal at all. I like, you know? I like the uh, morgue scene. That was pretty cool. You know, yeah. here he is an executive in healthcare, and now he gets to push dead bodies around. Yeah. In a, in a morgue. Yeah. He's in a hotel room, no lights. He's he's got a candle. I mean, oh, he yeah. pretty much hit rock bottom. Yeah, he Would can't you agree? even pay the utilities where he lives, so <laughs> yeah. he has to have a candle when he goes home. <laughs> yeah, but but I do think uh, you, you know that's the biblical story that he that the the prodigal son you, you know you know wasted everything and finally realized, look, I I have a father. Uh, you, you know why? why why, that loves me, you, you know. Why did I do this? I like the coworker you know? uh, in the in the hallway who said, mm-hmm. "If I had a dad like that, you remember what he said? That would that would be awesome. You know, yeah. my dad's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He'll take me back." And and his coworker kind of laughed at him, like, yeah. "Sure, right? Yeah. After you blow millions of dollars, you're going to go back yeah. to your dad." So let's talk about the let's talk about the dad in in this DVD. Should he have taken the son back? All right. All right. Anything else? You can, you can always make more money, but you can't more, make more people. All right. Glenn? We, we look at it all the way we want to. We're not the dad, and we don't have. Some of us probably would have dismissed him and said, hit the road, kid. I, th- uh, I think, I th- honestly, Glenn, I think probably 90% of us would have said, son, I love you, but you don't have any business. You don't have any business being here. You've broken trust. You've you've harmed us. You 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 don't have any credibility anymore. Good luck. I wish you the best, but not here. Right? That would have been gracious. But yet, look what the father did. He he went above and beyond in showing love. Stacy. I've always looked at this. Uh, I always gave the, the father more credit and read into it a little bit differently. Um, when he, when the, if the younger son was willing to go out and live this way, he probably wasn't an angel beforehand. And so I, I, I somewhat agree with the sentiment that they probably figured they were better off without him in terms of if you have someone that is untrustworthy the longer, and I grew up on a farm, I know how this works, you can't really grow a farm uh, without manpower. So you do need someone, but you also have to be really careful about how you use your resources. So if he was being wasteful, um, they were able to grow, but he was untrustworthy, perhaps wasteful. The father might look ahead and say, you know, we keep going with this. This is going to eventually happen. If it happens in 10 years, uh, it'll be even more painful than happening right now. The other thing is, I don't think he split it half-half. It says, divide the inheritance with me. There's nothing that says, in the same way that uh, you know Esau swapped his 
right as a firstborn for a bowl of soup. His dad might have said, you can have a fourth, and that's it, if that's what you want to do. And so when he comes back, he had, I think he had to remind his older son, you know, before, your hard work was split between you and your brother because it was going to eventually be split between the two of you. But now he's cashed out. So all his work only enriches you. He has no more inheritance. He's going to work year after year after year, and it's going to benefit you and me, but it won't benefit him. When he said, everything I have is yours. It's not half of what I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Um, I don't think, but I, but I think the father, uh, I think the father knew um, that this is what was best, as opposed to being foolish. I think I've, I mean, I can at least speak with my own family. I think sometimes family members can be so corrosive that separation is better than just uh, holding the lid on it, hoping it doesn't all blow up someday. All right, quick question. Uh, We're running out of time. Did the father have an obligation to accept the son back? All right. But yet, not only did he accept the son back, but he did it with great love and great fanfare and with an embrace and tears, right? So what, what... can we take away from this story about the love of our Heavenly Father? Tom, one of the things is expectations, and that's one of the things that I really liked about that video. The son was talking about talking to his buddy mopping floors, and he said, I'd be glad just to do anything for my dad. He said, those executives, he have, has a, he takes good care of his people. He is a generous father, and he takes care of those he loves. And so he didn't, I don't really think he had expectations that he's going to let him double dip into the family fortune. I think he was glad to be back and just be one of the working hands. Would, would it be fair to say, Glenn, that the younger brother came back broken? Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. humble? Yeah. Okay. How how would you contrast the younger brother Jake with the older brother? Was the older brother humble and contrite? Well, let me say one thing. Stacy just finished speaking. I can't think of any two finer young men than the Pharaoh twins, and it just rankled me when I first saw that video. I, let me get it out of my system. It just rankled me when I saw that video, and, and I told Howard, I said, why couldn't they have picked somebody else's name besides Jake? Yeah, it'd been said, bad if it had been Jake and Luke in the well, DVD, I, That's right? what I told Howard. I, he might right. not remember this, but I said, if the other ones had been Luke, yeah. I said, I'd have got out and walked and never even saw that video. <laughs> I said that was too close to home. But yeah. anyway, uh, one was a repentant heart. One was an angry heart. And I, and okay. I really don't blame the big area for angry. Right. He, he had worked in the trenches for two decades. He said that's 20 years. And so he had a right to be angry. His trouble was he needed to get over it. So let's do a quick, let's do a quick comparison contrast. You have a foolish younger brother who's, who wastes everything but comes back broken and humble you have an older brother when the younger brother comes back who is admittedly probably he has a right to be angry, but does he show grace? 
Does he show mercy? No. All right. So what is Jesus trying to tell us based on what we see in the older brother? The older brother is hardworking, responsible. He's, he's there because he's disciplined, but yet he feels justified to feel the way he feels based on his own accomplishments. This is important. And when he runs into somebody that's irresponsible and broken, he has no mercy, no grace, because his brother is the opposite of him. I'm here and successful because of all of my hard work. You see, he's, he's filled with pride. And people that are filled with pride cannot show mercy. You follow me? That's the message we need to understand. If we feel somehow justified and like we've earned our salvation and we're, we're in a good standing with God because we're so disciplined and righteous, we miss the whole point. God says, I'm looking for broken people, but more importantly, I want to be the father who loves broken people. And so we have to get rid of our pride. That's why it's the parable of the prodigal sons, plural. A homework assignment, go read Luke 18, verse 9. Luke 18, verse 9, read that story and see what it says about those two characters. Hope you've enjoyed the lesson tonight. Uh, thank you, Howard, for letting me borrow that, that video. It's really good, really good. I, I enjoyed watching it again, and it's a, a wonderful example of the prodigal son. The father's remarkable because he loves both sons, but let us learn not to be the older brother and feel justified in our own accomplishments, but be broken in spirit, be humble in heart, and be grace-filled toward those who are broken in this world. Even when they're foolish, if they come back repentant, let us forgive. All right. Uh, who's leading our song tonight? Okay. And do we have anybody to pray? Will? Okay, Will will be praying for us in a moment. We uh, looked at a, a, a parable um, of the prodigal son, a wonderful story that tells us about two brothers both of them had problems, but only one repented. The younger brother, the prodigal, repented. The older brother never did. Even at the end of the movie, the DVD tonight, the older brother never went in and welcomed his brother home. So God welcomes sinners home. He embraces them. And we want to extend uh, an invitation. If you're needing forgiveness, if you're broken, if you've messed up, you have a father whose arms are open, and God is calling the prodigal. Thank you for that choice tonight, and we'll sing that number 595 as, uh, as uh, Dale leads us. God is calling the prodigal, come without delay, hear, hear, and calling, calling now for thee. Though you've wandered so far from his presence, come today, hear his loving voice calling still, calling now for thee. Oh.
Appreciate everyone being here tonight and wanted to say thank you to Judy for organizing our meal tonight and all the ladies that served and brought food. It was such a delightful meal. Uh, we enjoyed our, our lesson in here tonight and appreciated your comments. Um, I wanted to give a couple of updates on our sick. I'm aware that Bill Young had his uh, little skull section reattached and it was a, a synthetic piece that was put in. So he's in recovery right now and BJ said he's gone through the procedure, and uh, just remember the, the, the young family in, in your prayer, BJ and Bill and, and all of the family. Also, I talked to um, Lee Smith today. Mike is not doing well. Mike had some stents put in his heart, but he's getting weaker and weaker and weaker, and there was a group of medical team that met today at St. Thomas to discuss his care, which might include open-heart surgery, so just keep Mike and Lee Smith in your prayer as well. Any other updates on the sick? Any Anybody? Yes. Glenn Burge, arteries on the neck, uh, waiting on the ultrasound results. Okay. All right. Thank you, Judith. Anybody else? All right. Did you get all that well? Okay. Um, ladies sewing group. We'll meet tomorrow at 12.30 here in the building. Our monthly singing is at Brookdale uh, on Memorial Drive. That'll be Saturday at 2.30. Uh, arrive at 2.25. There are no masks required this time, so that's good news. Uh, there's a ladies' day at Bumpus Mills. That's coming up this Saturday. There's a flyer out in the foyer. Uh, ladies' Devo this Tuesday, November 15 at 6.30 p.m., and that is at Linda Bagwell's home. Uh, Meals on Wheels ministry, there's Super Saturdays coming up November the 19th. Bring soup, chili, crackers, cornbread, desserts, and we need that by 10 o'clock in the morning for distribution. Uh, We've had some more names added to our angel tree. You can see the list out in the foyer. We need your wrapped or unwrapped gift um, in the gift bag by December 4. See Joanne if you have any questions about that. We're also delivering fruit baskets December 11 after the morning service. Uh, check that list and see if there's anybody you can uh, drop one off to or make corrections or additions to our list. And uh, we do appreciate volunteers 
to help deliver the baskets. Any more announcements before we have our closing prayer tonight? Anyone? And again, thank you for being here tonight. What's our count? 109. Wonderful. Okay, if there's no more announcements, um, we're going to ask Will to come up and lead us in a closing prayer. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for another opportunity to come together to worship you and to learn of your word and to share a meal together. We pray, Lord, now for those of our number and people we know that are struggling with the ailments of this world. We pray for Bill Young and his recovery from the surgery. We also pray for Mike and for Glenn Burge. And we pray that all the procedures and tests and everything that they're going through will come out with positive results. We also pray, Lord, that you be with us until the next time that we meet. We pray that uh, after the lesson tonight, if we're the prodigal son, that we come back to you. And we pray that if we're the older brother, that we show grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.